1: Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and others on important and forgotten female artists of the past.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to More Than Amused Podcast. I'm
1: Stani. And I'm Sadie.
0: And we're just so happy to have all of you here. So thank you.
1: Thank you. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a returner, we're glad to have you back. Yes,
0: we are. And this is your nice little reminder that we would love it if you go and rate and review the podcast, Mm -hmm. subscribe, follow, follow us on Instagram, all the things just to stay updated on new episodes and really show your support. And speaking of that, we also have a Patreon. So yes. feel free to join our Patreon as well. The link is just on our website.
1: Yeah. And also, um, I made a TikTok for More <sighs> Than Amuse podcast. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> to bring that up. We have a TikTok now. Yes. It's three, four days strong at the point that we're recording. So yeah, if you prefer, I love TikTok. I scroll a lot on TikTok. So if you'd prefer that we'll put little videos with little clips from our Mm podcast and just talk more about women in the arts so check us out yeah
0: definitely please
1: do okay cool well today I am I'm talking about somebody and okay did I already tell you what Christmas song she sang I can't remember if I told you yeah, okay, you told cool. me. No problem. So,
0: I want And then I to- found it on Spotify actually. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so, I wanted to start out with talking about Christmas songs that we hate or Ooh. Christmas songs that we love. But do you have any Christmas songs, Stani, that you just hate <laughs> or that Ooh. you just think is annoying or I don't know. Well,
0: Yes, but with, like, a few conditions. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) I have
1: many thoughts.
0: The first one is I really, really hate the song Last Christmas. Oh, yes? Except for the one sung by Taylor Swift. Really? Yes, but that one sung by that, like, whiny guy. Wham? That's, like, yes. Okay, sorry, Wham. I love Wham. (laughs) But I really don't like that song by them. I, (laughs) I don't know what it is. I just think that it, like... It
1: kind of gets on my nerves. That's fair. For some reason, I that song used to get on my nerves. But then for some reason, the last two years, I feel like I just like fully embraced what that song <laughs> yeah. was. And now it's one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I like the one sing by Taylor Swift because I feel like it matches her. Like it could have mm. been something that she wrote. Yeah, I could fit. see that. And so I just feel like it works. So that one doesn't bother me. But yeah, I'm just not really a huge fan of the Wham! Last version. Christmas. Yeah. And then do you listen to like a lot of Christmas music during the Christmas season? It totally depends.
1: Like, yeah. The last couple of years I I didn't really listen to Christmas music. I just kind of kept it normal. But last weekend or two weekends ago, I was we were I was just driving somewhere with Jordan and we mm-hmm. turned on Christmas music and I like I started crying just because I was like, Jordan, Christmas Aww. music is really nice. <laughs> and I felt like this is just the kind of year where it's like um, Christmas music is just really hitting home for me. So,
0: Aww. No, that's
1: good. So I've been listening to it way more than normal this year just because it feels very nice and homey. Also, Casey Musgraves' Christmas album and her Christmas special is probably one of my new favorites i love it and i found it last year so that is the christmas i listened to a little bit last year and now i've been listening to it so much this december that is a phenomenal album like i found it because
0: of you and i was like oh okay Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i like kind of have a love hate relationship with christmas music yeah (laughs) i think it's because like we kept the radio on all the time growing up Mm -hmm. and radio stations just play the same Same one songs yes over and over and over again so like christmas music got really fun once the kelly clarkson album came out oh yeah and my mom bought it and we listened to that the whole year and that was fun just because it was finally something different Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um i know ariana grande's done a few so i guess I prefer a lot of the more modern ones. I still love the classics. I just know every single
1: note in most of them. So it's
0: just a little old. I do have a hot take, though. I don't think Santa Baby is as bad as everyone thinks it is.
1: Oh, no, I don't either. Yeah. I low-key kind of love that song, and I feel like I always have.
0: Like, so many people are like, oh, this is the worst song. It's like the guy forcing her to stay. And I think like you have to remember the time period. This is why we do. State or the no, arc.
1: that's um, baby, it's cold outside. Oh, I think. it
0: is. Oh, Okay. But 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 it's the same Sorry. thing. Both of those songs yes. are the
1: most controversial Christmas songs ever. <laughs>
0: exactly. And I don't think either of them are bad. Um, the part with baby, it's cold outside, is that everyone's always like mad about it and saying that it's like so <laughs> anti-feminist and everything. But if you like look at the time period it was written in. Like, women at that time were, like, encouraged to, like, play hard to get even when they didn't want to leave.
1: I like that song. I, I think it's yeah. fun. And in, I'm, like, in my brain, I feel like it is a very consensual relationship.
0: Yes, exactly. And when she's, like, saying what's in this drink, I always thought it was more of a joke. Like, Yeah, I, I always <laughs>
1: thought it was a joke, too. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Those ones, I just always think it's kind of funny how, like, people get really upset about it. And I never thought that they were
1: bad bad yeah they're definitely spicy oh yeah they're they spicy are. christmas songs but <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of suggestive lyrics but hey we can all use a little bit of that in our lives we can all use a little spice my christmas song that i feel like is like the one that i just can't stand for some reason and i think it's just the guy who originally sings it too mm-hmm. is the the mary did you know like i feel like i <laughs> like, did you know like i <laughs> I really hate it. <laughs> I really don't like that one either. I hate it so much. Every time it comes on, I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> like I hate this song. So I don't know why. Is, it drives me crazy if, though.
0: If a different person sang it, do you feel like it would bother you?
1: Well, no, because the pentatonics actually do a version of that song that I like. And the funny thing is I'm not even a crazy big like pentatonics fan or even a cappella fan. They have a great
0: Christmas album. Yeah,
1: but they have a great Christmas album. And when they do that song, I don't hate that song. For some reason, just it really works well for me. So,
0: oh, my gosh. Speaking of Pentatonics, they have one of the weirdest Christmas songs that I'm obsessed with. I have to look up the name. It's basically the history behind it is beheadings in England, but it's so catchy. (laughs) It's like the I was following the I
1: was That's about beheading the White Winter Hymnal, I think.
0: Yes. So, a little history lesson. It talks about them following the pack all swallowed in their coats. And oh. that's them following the crowds of people on their way to the guillotine. Because people would go and watch. It was like a thing at that time to go watch public executions. And then when it says, with scarves of red tied around their throats, it was the string that they would tie around the head of the person that they were about to be had in order to mark where the guillotine needed to cut. Ah. <laughs> and then... um. What does it say after that? Scars of bread tied around their throats. To keep their little heads from falling in the snow. Because I think they would also tie the string to something so that the head wouldn't roll down into the crowd.
1: Uh, I, th- I um, In this moment, I wish that like this wasn't a podcast. Because I feel like my facial expressions are just like properly <laughs> expressing the way I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. Learning that that's what that song is about. I always just thought it was a nice Christmas song about a nice hike through the... Through the mountains or something no, like that. No, it's
0: extremely morbid. But for some reason, that charming little tune with like mm-hmm. the history behind it makes it like literally one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> and not because I'm creepy. Like my mom's always like, you're so weird when I talk about this. But just because they disguised, it's like Rosie Posy. or yeah. Ring Around the Rosie. Ring Around the That's Rosie, yeah. Called.
1: Where they like disguise this horrible historical fact as like a charming little song, and you're like, oh, this is nice. Wait,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> oh
1: man, it's so funny. I love it.
0: Anyway, that's amazing. So there you go.
1: <laughs> I also looked up. So I googled like, what are other annoying Christmas songs? Um, the Christmas shoes. Do you kn- you know that one? That yes. one's just so unnecessarily depressing and horrible. So yeah. hate that one. <laughs> and then wonderful christmas time by paul mccartney simply happen. i kind of like that i like one. that one too i'm like i don't feel like yeah. that's an- i mean like it is a little annoying but like in the way that all christmas songs are a little annoying <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> like some of them like let's just be honest it's a little Aww. bit annoying and then also the chipmunk song is another one which i'm like yeah okay, maybe a little enough. bit
0: it was fun when i was a kid oh yeah so. well
1: my i was in you know an acapella group in college and we did a christmas concert and one of them is we did the chipmunk song but we sang it in high-pitched christmas singing voices (laughs) I don't know why I said it was high pitched Christmas voices. That's not a thing. High cr- high pitched chipmunk voices. Chipmunk voices is what we sang it in, and oh my um, gosh. it was the worst and the best at the same time. So you know, yeah, and there you go. It's fine. Just do you have annoying. a recording of said performance? I actually probably do. Yeah, I could get one pretty easily. So.
0: <laughs> I say that we post that. We'll post the. <laughs>
1: version of my acapella group doing (laughs) the chipmunk song (laughs) oh man that would be great i'm pretty sure the choreography that we did was just like us like bouncing and then there was a little moment where we went like (laughs) (laughs) like on it during the bridge (gasps) it truly was the best Mm -hmm. and the worst but the best (laughs) that is so funny
0: honestly this is really really basic all I Want for Christmas is You by oh, I can't Carey. go wrong with it. I could listen to that once a day, the yeah. entire Christmas season, and be totally fine. I mean, there's a reason why it's so great. I mean, like, so been so successful. Yep. I think it's great. Also, anything by like the Carpenters.
1: Oh, Merry <laughs> Christmas,
0: Darling. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're just beautiful, and I love it. I love the Carpenters. Her voice is just so, so good. good. So, yeah, that's probably it. I also like the Christmas song, you know, the chestnuts. Oh, that's just a classic.
1: Yeah. No matter what, I love that one.
0: So those are ones that, like, I feel like I have to listen to at least once during the Christmas season.
1: Definitely. I agree. Okay, well, the reason why I wanted to bring up Christmas songs at the beginning is because the person we are talking about today is the original singer of the controversial Christmas song, Santa Baby. Which Ooh. so suggestive and seductive, and everything that I love about Christmas. <laughs> Just kidding. It's literally a girl asking for what she
0: deserves. Why it anybody-
1: is. You don't want to know? Yeah, Santa Baby is the <laughs> feminist Christmas anthem we all need. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so today we are talking about Eartha Kit. Do you know who Eartha Kit is? Like, before, have you ever heard that name? no okay it sounded
0: like remotely familiar yeah but like you couldn't i would have totally failed at that jeopardy question yeah if they were like very much same original
1: singer of santa baby i would be like i don't know paris Hilton. like (laughs) i have no (laughs) idea yeah no okay so the reason how I found her is because I wanted to see if I could find like a songwriter of um, like a woman songwriter who wrote a Christmas song and Santa Baby was actually co-written by a woman but truthfully I couldn't find a ton of information about her life but in that I found the original singer of Santa Baby and diving into her life it was just like who is this woman like Mm -hmm. I think the fact that she sang Santa Baby is like maybe like one of like it's like not even the most interesting thing about her. It's like maybe like in the top 10, but like still very much down there because wow. she just lived this crazy life. And like and it was like those moments of I'm just like, how do I not know this person? You know, and mm-hmm. and we've done this. We've said this so many times with the, these podcasts is like, how do I not know this person already? how like how did I miss this and I hope that like everyone else listening is like yeah Sadie duh Eartha kit, and I hope that's the case but if you don't know her then that's perfect because this lady lived the most amazing life and was so inspiring and is, like, now, like, one of my heroes. Like... Oh, cool. I feel like in in my heart and in my brain, she's, like, on that same level of Dolly Parton. Where it's, like, everything that they, like, exude is, like, what I hope I am as, like, an older woman. You know what That's I mean? That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm a big Eartha Kitt fan. And I'm just... I'm just going to jump right into her life here. Because there's just so much to it. So... May. Eartha Kitt. So, she was born Eartha May. Um, and she was born January 17th in 1927 in South Carolina. Okay. So, yeah, there's kind of the time frame of where this all is. So, she definitely had a very difficult childhood. Her father didn't want anything to do with her, essentially. So, he took off. I don't know if it was when her mother was pregnant or, like, as soon as she was born. But, um, yeah, he didn't want anything to do with them. And her mother actually ended up abandoning her and leaving her in the care of relatives that also lived in South Carolina. So just man, very sad. She was mixed race. Um, She was biracial. Her father was white and her mother was African American and Cherokee. And I think that's why, um, I think that's why her father left her um, and like abandoned them is because he's like, I don't want a daughter that's, yeah. like biracial. Like he didn't want anything to have to do with that kind of a thing.
0: At that time period, wasn't it like a lot harder to be biracial than
1: either? Yeah. One or the well, other? and that's kind of what it talked about that like he was often like really teased like for mm-hmm. her race and like the fact that she was biracial and like was white and black it kind of like made it so she didn't really feel like she fit in anywhere. Yeah. You know, and like that was like a struggle that she had especially like being young and in South Carolina. It obviously is really terrible and yeah really sad so after her mother abandoned her like I said she was put into the care of relatives but um those relatives mistreated and abused her Mm. um some quotes here just to kind of from in her own words so in her autobiography um, one one of her autobiographies called I'm Still Here. She wrote that when the adults were away, she was often dressed in a croaker sack, tied to a tree, and beaten by the household's children until her flesh gave way and her blood mixed with the red clay and sand composite now underneath my feet. No, oh my gosh. So, yes, just very, very... Yeah, she was just super mistreated by them. Another little interview um, snippet from an interview. She said, I don't have a family. I'm an orphan, so I know nothing about my blood relations. I only know what I was told. That I am one of the children of a cotton plantation owner's son who took advantage, obviously, of my mother and therefore put me in a position of not being accepted by anybody. So. That's horrible. Yeah, just. A very very sad story and just circumstances of where she started out. Um, it's like I said, she did not have a very good or happy childhood, and everyone who she was originally in the care of either kind of abandoned her or abused her. Which you can like kind of feel. Like I watched a lot of YouTube videos um, with interviews with her, and. I would encourage like everyone to go do it because there's like a, there's 30 minute long interviews with her um, from like the sixties and seventies of her talking about her life. And she's such a dynamic woman where like, she'll be so like out there and like fun and entertaining, but then there'll also be those moments of like quietness where you can tell that like life's hurt her, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, she's very hardened because of that. But then at the same time, Like she didn't let that harden her, you know, like she's still loving and she's still like exciting and I don't know. She still has like that love and passion for life despite the things that happened to her. But I feel like I can't even do it justice, like even telling it, like you just need to go and like listen to her talk because yeah, it's on, it's, it's amazing. But anyways, so a brief little you know, history of like her early life, but around the age of eight, she moved to New York to be with her aunt. And apparently somebody at her church, um, at the Kitt's church, um, sent for her aunt, sent her a letter and was like, if you don't come get this girl, she's going to be worked to death, beaten to death or starved to death. So sounds like someone in the community just recognized what was going on, which is great and reached out to it. One of the interviews I watched though is The guy was like, wow, so like your aunt kind of must be like a saint. And she was like, well, she's like, I guess we can applaud her for doing the bare minimum. Essentially, she's like she knew that like basically like I was just in a very terrible situation. And if she wouldn't have done something, I would have died there. And so like she took pity on me and let me come live with her. Basically, though, the point with that is I don't think it's not like her aunt like became the mother figure and the nurturing, loving caretaker in her life. But it was a better situation than yeah. what she was in. And so for that, you know, it was great. So that's kind of sad, too. Like, even yeah. her rescuer wasn't like. And I think that's kind of the sad thing of like, I don't think she felt that like anyone really ever wanted her, you know. Mm-hmm. And as a kid where it's like her father didn't want her. Her mom didn't want her. The, the first family didn't want her. Didn't and want then her. it maybe felt like the aunt maybe Just reluctantly yeah like I, was it was like, much I, more I guess I don't want
0: you to die so you can So come I guess live you here. can come be here
1: with me <laughs> in New York yeah exactly yeah so once she was in New York she actually enrolled in a New York school of performing arts which is awesome and at the age of 16 she actually won a scholarship to study with Catherine Dunham and she later jo- joined Dunham's dance troupe and for reference, Catherine Dunham, she's an American dancer choreographer. She's best known for incorporating African, excuse me, African American, Caribbean, African, and South American movement styles and themes into her ballet. And she has had one of the most successful dance careers in African American and European theater of the 20th century. And she pretty much dedicated her own, like her life, to this dance company for a long time. So I hadn't ever heard of Catherine Dunham, but now I kind of want to do a future episode on her because it yeah. sounds like there's an amazing story there. But Eartha Kitt essentially got her start in this dance company and she toured with them for many years and they like toured internationally. So yeah, so that's what, that's kind of where she finally got her start. She broke out of that situation. I'm pretty sure she like, she dropped out of high school really young and just danced with this touring group so for a number of years she was touring with them they ended up going to Europe and in Paris but then one of these trips instead of going back to America um, she just stayed in Paris and that's actually where she started to become popular as a club singer Um, so kind of like singing cabaret style and bars and things like that Mm -hmm. so while she was there she was discovered by Orson Welles who is like one of the best filmmakers ever, um, and he—he's quoted as saying that Eartha kit was the most exciting woman alive. Which, wow! What so, like if someone said that about me, and then I was like known for, like I feel like it's like the equivalent of uh, who's like a really good, I guess like. Tarantino I guess is like what I think of I don't know nothing about film but it's like (laughs) Quentin Tarantino if like my claim to fame was like he once said I was the most exciting woman alive like yeah think what you want about him but like that's a that's a pretty that would cool. Be cool that's like yeah. the badge i would wear of being like so you everyone
0: who put that in the instagram
1: bio yeah
0: <laughs> quote
1: i am the most exciting woman alive <laughs> like i said though i literally know nothing about film so if anyone listening like really hates that i just compared orson wells to quentin tarantino i'm so sorry i, I just don't know a lot but <laughs> I'm trying to relate it. I feel like the fact that you know his name means
0: that it's comparable. Yeah. Even not knowing enough about film, you know Quentin Tarantino. That's true. I think that's comparable. So. I
1: think so. The only other thing yeah. I could think of was like Spielberg. He's a director, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Orson Welles was a director. I don't know. All I know is he was big in the movies in the 1900s. So so that was awesome. And so he actually cast her as Helen of Troy in his production of Dr. Faustus in 1950 she talks about like that conversation of like they're pretty much just like all just talking at a like a club or a bar in Paris and he just fell in love with her and decided that that's yeah and cast her in his production wow so that's kind of where she started out but then she made an appearance in Broadway in the in the Broadway review Leonard Sillim's New Faces of 1952 and she sang this song called Monotonous and it sounds like that song just stole the show. And hmm. that performance helped launch her music career, which ended up with the release of her very first album in nineteen fifty four. And that recording featured a lot of different songs called I Want to Be Evil, Cesssi Bon, and as well as santa baby so okay i think it's cool too that like there's a french song in there because she was singing in france for so long that like she could just casually sing a song in french and like just do it so yeah. <laughs> anyways yeah so this woman's just like a triple threat like she's been in broadway at this point she she was a dancer um in a professional dance crew and toured the world and also was a singer so yeah. just amazing A little bit of a backstory about Santa Baby because I had no idea that this song was so like controversial at the time. So it was originally released in 1950. It was written by Joan Javits and Philip Springer. Um, Joan Javits, of course, is the woman co-writer and that's how I found Eartha Kitt. Um, Mm -hmm. So the lyrical content of this song was obviously pretty controversial because of how suggestive it was and it actually got banned in the southern united states from playing on the radio so that's so funny to i me? don't know i thought that was so funny too that like <laughs> they were like no too much like immoral problems here yeah it's don't like play when people this on the radio
0: harry potter getting banned in the, like schools and stuff and i'm just like okay
1: it, it got banned
0: yeah, it was on, like, the banned book list for a while, but because it, it's witchcraft.
1: Oh. <laughs> but, like, it's fantasy. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's always hilarious to me what things get banned. Like, I don't know. It's not like Santa Baby's like actually talking about anything explicit. It's just like, Santa Baby, give me this. Give, yeah. me, this. <laughs> give me this.
1: And, like, like the <laughs> way she sings it, it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. maybe there's something here. I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's
0: sultry and everything. I don't think it's like... I don't know. I don't think it's like explicit. So yeah.
1: it's like, what's the point in banning? I don't know. I know. I get it. I, just, I thought it was yeah. hilarious. But though, I think because of that, though, like it, the song got mixed reviews. And I think because of that controversy that year in 1953, Santa Baby was the best selling Christmas song of the year. Because it was scandalous. Because it was scandalous. Like it brought up that controversy. <laughs> so and also, too, it kind of found more success even later and ended up being on the charts in the 2000s and 2010s and everything. so and still is
0: played today yeah it's still
1: played today it's like on all the classic christmas um playlists Mm -hmm. something i thought was funny too though with is there's like a there was a quote from philip springer who was a songwriter who like talked about the fact that he like he's like that's not my best work but that's like definitely his most popular song and i just like really related to that as a songwriter just because the amount of times that like i will like obsess over a song and be like this is this is my life's work this is beautiful i love this maybe not my life's work i'm only 23 but (laughs) even still i got time but (laughs) i'll like be like oh my gosh this is absolutely my best song and i'll show it to people and they're like yeah good job and i'm like excuse me like that's the best (laughs) thing i've ever written but then there's songs where it's like i'll almost write it as a joke and and
0: then it does better (laughs)
1: yeah like that happened to me like my last year of college like I wrote a song pretty much as a joke just like almost as like an exercise for myself but then I showed it in one of my classes and I was like oh boy here we go and then my professor was like that is so cool wow how did like wow how did you come up with that and I was like I was joking (laughs) like sir what about all the other songs I've shown you that I actually am proud of but
0: anyways funny yeah I kind of feel like that's what being an artist is like though yeah that's what I was like, thinking yeah you just make a bunch of stuff and then the, sometimes you're shocked which ones
1: are it's like just like throwing stuff at yeah. the wall uh-huh. and just seeing what sticks <laughs> yep and you just, and then just then you're like, never Wait, know
0: no I'm more than that but like that's what everyone loves so yeah like if that's what people oh. love then
1: <laughs> I still made it even though I didn't know yeah. people were going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's just my one relation to poor Philip Springer, whose greatest accomplishment is Santa Baby. Which I mean, if my greatest accomplishment is a song equivalent to Santa Baby, I'll be stoked. So. Yeah, seriously. No. I'm fine with I'd be fine with that. But okay, so Eartha Kit. <laughs> a funny thing about santa baby so madonna released a cover of the song which kind of revived the popularity of it but eartha kit did not like it and there was a perform a quote from her where it says during a live performance of santa baby years after madonna's version was released kit was quoted saying i used to have a lot of fun with this song and then madonna sang it Ooh. which is just like the most like cutthroat way Mar- that you could say
0: that i kind of see what she's talking about though because eartha can- We'll have to put a recording of her version of it. I did mm-hmm. look it up before this episode cool. and play it just because I, I wanted to hear her sing. But it's very like sultry and yeah. like she kind of has a, a little bit of a deeper voice. And it's actually like really beautiful the way she sings it. And Madonna kind of sounds a little whiny.
1: Yeah, I know. I definitely prefer Eartha, Eartha Kitts over Madonna's version. yeah. That's funny though. I feel like they like channeled like different feminine energies with mm-hmm. the ways they sang it.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it matches their personalities. Yeah but i can understand where Kitt's coming from where she's like really of all the people to cover my song it had to be you and you had to do it that way
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you think that like she'd be because obviously like madonna is like an icon you know Mm -hmm. and like and if it revived popularity of the song like it kind of surprised me that she would be like against it but like i just think just the way she said it though was like the biggest burn of like i used to have a lot of fun but then madonna sang it and it's like wow it just ruined the song completely for her like ouch like like how worse can you like say that but
0: yeah it's kind of funny too though because it's been covered by so many people now so Madonna's many. version isn't even the most known played
1: yeah yeah I feel like Eartha Kits is probably the one that like that version of the song is like what I associate I think with that yeah
0: song. it's definitely the one they play the most on the radio yeah um but yeah like <laughs> so I guess Eartha Kit won in the end right I know <laughs> I didn't even know Madonna had sing it, so... Yeah, true. (laughs) Who won?
1: (laughs) So there's the little information about Santa Baby. Thought that was funny. It's always so interesting to me about, like, how songs get written and then how they ended up Mm -hmm. getting recorded. So thought that was funny, how controversial it was. But to continue with Kit's life or career. So after that, she started playing in movies. So on the big screen, she starred opposite of Nat King Cole in the W.C. Handy biopic St. Louis Blues and that was in 1958 and she actually got um, her one and only Academy Award nomination the following year for her role as the title character in Anna Lacusta Um, and in the film she plays a sassy young woman who was forced to use her womanly wiles to survive and she starred opposite of Sammy Davis Jr. Wow. So I just I'm like so at this point, you know, she's released an album. She's been on Broadway. She's Academy Award a nomination, like, in, in movies with, like, and obviously huge movies because she stars opposite Nat King Cole, you know? Yeah. Just crazy. Um, and then in the late 1960s, so she played one of her most famous parts, and she actually played Catwoman in the TV series Batman. Really? Yeah. And apparently she only played it on just a handful of episodes, but, like, her performance of it was, like, so remembered. And, like, she made that role her own with just, like, her, like, very distinctive voice. And, like, in the interviews, she'll always do these, like, little, like, cat meows. And, like, it sounds weird when I say it, but, like, when she does it, it just... You love it, and you just let it happen. So that's awesome. I know. So yeah, I watched a couple of clips on YouTube of like her starring in it, and it was just like, who is this person? <laughs> like, like I said, like Sandy Baby's one thing, but she was Catwoman and Batwoman in Batman. Started a movie with Nat King Cole, Oscar Award nominee like was on Broadway was a professional singer in Paris Orson Welles said she was the most exciting woman alive like okay what else have you done anyways so crazy here we are in the late 1960s though and this is where her career takes a turn and essentially well let me just tell you what happened so 1968 she attended a luncheon at the White House by Lady Bird Johnson and essentially the point of it was to talk about juvenile delinquency but she talked about the fact in one of the interviews that like all because I think it was just a room full of women that were like okay how can we help this how can we discuss this and a lot of the ideas that were being presented was like we could plant flowers on the highway or like we could put signs up you know just like very like just things that like aren't actually going to make a difference yeah and just and, and she was very frustrated with the fact that like there was no substance or anything to these suggestions so let me just read this quote here so it said the event was billed as a conversation about how to fix juvenile delinquency but no one was talking about the topic at hand when the moment presented itself kit broached the subject and she said boys i know across the nation feel it doesn't pay to be a good guy they figure with a record they don't have to go off to vietnam You send the best of this country off to be shot and maimed. They rebel in the street. They will take pot and they will get high. They don't want to go to school because they're going to be snatched off from their mothers to be shot in Vietnam. So, yeah, she spoke out pretty publicly and to the first lady's face about the Vietnam War and essentially saying, how can you expect these people to be good when you're just going to ship them off to get murdered, essentially. So, and apparently she talks about that, like, when she said that, like that the first lady just like burst into tears and was like so upset but you know that's and she in one of the interviews I watched she pretty much just talked about the fact that like she'd gone around the country and she had talked to people and she and like that's what they were saying and so when she when the opportunity presented itself she was like I was sitting there and they were you know just suggesting very stupid things without even addressing what the actual problem was and so she said you know she stood up and said it but because of that she pretty much essentially like ended up being blacklisted by the CIA and the feds so basically like what they would do is like they would send agents to venues that she was under contract to perform at and essentially kind of like threaten them and be like oh like if you let her perform here like we'll shut you down what I know but
0: what's the point in that like okay it's fine to like not invite her back again but like why try to ruin her entire career I know
1: and I think that it was like because she spoke out so politically and it was like against it I think that they were like oh if like someone this popular and famous is speaking out against this war but like I mean I obviously wasn't around because I thought that like so did the Beatles and I feel like a lot of acts were speaking out
0: well, the Beatles were in London. Oh, that's
1: true. You're right. I'm. That was silly. Yeah.
0: No, it's okay. I was like, so they kind of had enough distance. They did have enough distance. Like, they're like what are you going to do to me? <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> but yeah, like there were a lot of people speaking out about it, but I wonder if it was just more because it was like personal. Yeah. Like if the first lady was like, well, she offended me to my face.
1: I don't know. Like, and I don't know if maybe there are more artists that existed at the time that did speak out or didn't speak out because they were afraid of those repercussions. Yeah. But yeah. And apparently she told the story too, that, um, she had like had a contract at, the, at a venue and she'd called them up like a couple weeks after this happened because when she said it, she didn't even realize what had you know what went wrong like she spoke her piece and left and thought everything was going to be fine but then it was the weeks after that she was like wait a minute something's going on because yeah. she'll call that she'd call venues and be like oh like send over my contract like just want to make sure we're still good to go and they would and act they, they just wouldn't even, they would act like sh- they didn't even know what she was talking about like kind of gas of like what are you talking about you never had a show here and she was like what do you mean <laughs> like and so it forced Man. her to move outside of the United States to look for a career because, like, what was she – there was no – no one wanted her because they were all too afraid to book her here in the yeah, United States. Yeah, that's like, horrible. I guess, like, I didn't realize that that happens or happened, you know?
0: Well, I think it's because – can you imagine if every single celebrity – that insulted the president these past four years got blacklisted.
1: No, I know. Like, we
0: wouldn't have anyone left.
1: (laughs) No, that's true. And that's what I was, like, thinking of, like, because I think maybe that's what I'm used to now is, like, every single celebrity, like, speaks out about politics. And I don't really feel like that's a bad thing that they do, but I didn't realize that this was almost, like, a newer phenomenon.
0: Yeah, I think it used to be, like, a really frowned upon thing. Like, if you were a public figure, you just were mm-hmm. supposed to, like, not really have an opinion. I yeah. guess. Unless it was positive. Unless
1: it was positive. <laughs> but also, too, I thought it was crazy that it was, like, it was definitely the CIA that, like, went out of their way to, like, stop her career. Like, it wasn't That's just, so like, crazy. the natural repercussions of, like, society maybe, like, not liking what she's saying and so not supporting her anymore. Like, she was being stopped. For using her voice and like speaking out against it, which like
0: I'm sorry, but like, don't they have more important things to do? You would
1: be. <laughs> That's like, what <laughs> I'm like. Of all the things that are like we're going wrong in our country and that maybe go wrong with our country now, like we're gonna and- focus our attention on like.
0: Making sure that this lady will never sing at a venue again. Yeah. Like I don't know. It but just I doesn't also make any sense.
1: think that like maybe that shows like how popular she really was at the time. Like the mm. fact that they were so worried about her influence and also too, like she was invited to the White House. Like, yeah, she must have been a really, really big deal that they were like, oh no, like if she's publicly not supporting this war, Like that's going to hurt, like the morale, or that's gonna hurt the overall support of it. Because, Mm -hmm. so, like, I think that, like, just really shows how much of an influence she had and how big of a deal she was.
0: It's kind of funny because I honestly didn't even see her comment as like not supporting the war; just more of like, well, if you send every college-educated kid off to war, then people are gonna stop getting college education. Yeah, (laughs) like I don't know, that makes sense to me. I don't think that it's like this war is bad. It's more of like, well, you have to realize why they're not doing doing. It. Yeah. Like if they the, know
1: that yeah. if they have a criminal record and that that's going to cause them to yeah. not have to go to war, like I'd get so myself I'd a criminal to record crime. too. Crime. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, like nobody wants to go die in the war. Like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people were willing to make a sacrifice like that. And that's wonderful. But like, but
1: like not everyone wanted. Yeah. To do that and yeah that's what I was thinking It was like it's not that she was like this is the worst thing that you've ever done to us and I hate it. you know what I mean like it was yeah. just telling the truth and just like saying what she was seeing and being like no like if you if this is what's happening like this is why like I'm and not I'm not here for these like nonsense solutions you know
0: and to be honest it's a lot more peaceful and respectful than a lot of other like anti-war things I've heard about during that time
1: period yeah so- exactly
0: She was actually just trying to focus on the delinquency of it where it's like, well, if you stop drafting all the people that are good, (laughs) then then less people will try to be bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. So that's kind of stupid. No, absolutely. So like I said, it kind of forced her to pursue her career internationally. Sounds like she did have success internationally, though, especially because outside of the U.S., they, you know, they very much were against this war. They agreed with her. Yeah. So she was kind of welcome back. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists.
0: This girl, I actually found her on TikTok. She redid a Marina and the Diamonds song as an 80s pop song, which is what she usually does. She takes songs and makes them into like 80s pop song. And she did Oh No, which <laughs> Marina and the Diamonds songs kind of already sound A little bit more retro, but it was still fun. And then um, going through her feed, she's done a lot of those. And that's kind of what she loves to do. But I think she also has some songs on Spotify Mm. that she has done. So her, like, artist name, I don't know if this is her real name. Um, It's Gemini, but, like, spelled differently. It's G-E-M-Y-N-I. So... That's her username. That and then underscore on Instagram is her username. It looks like she's doing pretty good. She has like a couple thousand, like 21,000 streams on Spotify and 3.6 listeners. I haven't heard her original songs yet, but um her 80s pop song remixes are really fun and so love the creativity.
1: My spotlight is a potter. So it's on Instagram, K underscore Ceramics. Looks like her name's Kate, and she's a part-time potter and full-time tea drinker, which is quite cute. Um, and she's from the United Kingdom, London. Looks like, yeah, she just does pottery and ceramics, and her Instagram is so just cute. I don't know. I just saw these little ceramic houses as I was scrolling through, and so yep, it's adorable. Um, definitely yeah go check her out on her little bio it says just to update um, follow and sign up for shop updates so I imagine she just periodically just sells her work and it's really beautiful so yeah go check her out again that's k underscore ceramics
0: oh and a nice little reminder if there's anyone that you are following that you love to follow and you think deserves more recognition send them in including
1: yourself all right, now back to the show. So in 1978, she returned to the U.S. with her performance on Broadway in Timbuktu and a really cool story that she told. So she wasn't the main role by any part. Like she wasn't like the star, but it was really funny because at one point she was like, the audience knows who the star is. And <laughs> I just love that she said that because I think she, like I said, was maybe a more like character role. I don't think she was a yeah. star of it. But she told a story about how I think her song was after the second act and that she like came out in this production like out either. I think she was like being carried by people or like they were like carrying her on a chair or something out onto stage. And when she came out onto the stage, she received a standing ovation from the crowd before she even started singing and before she even performed her number. Wow. I know. So like people... We're so excited she was back. And it was so nice, like, when she was telling that story, she, like, got emotional and talked about how, like, that was one of the best moments oh, of her yeah, life. that
0: would be amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm so confused how people can be so famous in their time
1: period. Yeah. And we don't know their names. That's what, that's, like, my biggest thing with this lady of, like, she was that famous, you know, where... Yeah she was invited to the white house the cia stopped her career because they were so afraid of her influence the standing ovation on broadway when she returned before she even opened her mouth and after this performance she actually went and met with president carter because at that point we had a different president and there was like a picture of her in the white house with the president that like went out to all the newspapers to essentially show hey america and me are good now like we're good like you can start loving me again
0: like it kind of sounds like total Marilyn Monroe vibes from Mm -hmm. her pretty much where she was like known for being like sultry and like had done all these things like movies singing Mm -hmm. Broadway and then like I'm just so confused like (laughs)
1: why don't we know about her (laughs) no that's like this has been the last like couple weeks of just me being like oh she did this and she did this and she did this and this and this and how have i not really ever heard her name yeah a lot of the articles i read there was comparison to marilyn monroe and her and like they had this those same energies it was almost like she was the biracial mixed race one right and then marilyn monroe was obviously white like that's pretty much like but the energies were just so similar.
0: Yeah, I'm getting the same vibes kind of the more you talk about her story. I'm like this sounds like everything I know about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um and it's I I confusing. saw there was one article of someone who just really lo- loves our earth kit where essentially she discovered her like at, because she saw her picture in a recording studio and she was like it's a Marilyn Monroe but she looks like me. And how do Aww. I not know her and how have I never heard of her? which i i just loved that and i feel like yeah it's just crazy that we did not that she hasn't lived on and i don't know if it was because she like was blacklisted for a while but like i said she did make a return um she met the other president she met the other president yeah and so she made her comeback and then after that in 1984 she returned to the music charts with where is my man um and she continued to win acclaim in her music and she included She got a Grammy nomination in 1994 for back in business, which I think was her, um, which I think is an album of hers. So just this crazy career, um, real quick thing about her personal life. Um, so she had a daughter that she actually named Kit, um, and she was born in 1961 to her ex-husband, well, her ex-husband now, um, and his name is John William Mac- McDonald, um, and she was married to him from 1964 to 19, excuse me, 1960 to 1964. Okay. So, and I don't, I think that was the only time she was ever married. Um, it's just, yeah, that brief marriage and for those four years where she had her daughter. And I think she's, she talked about too in the interviews that like her daughter is like the love of her life and like one of the best uh-huh. things that's happened to her, which is really sweet. So, late her later career. She stayed super busy, essentially, well into her 70s. Now, this is where I was so excited. So listen, as an old woman, she is the voice of Yzma in Emperor's New Groove. What? I know. No way. <laughs> yes. So the woman who sang Santa Baby is the voice of Yzma in Emperor's New Groove. What? Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what I said I literally was scrolling through talking to Jordan about her as I was like first learning about her and I was like Jordan he's like what I was like she's the voice of Yzma <laughs> like this iconic character who like I feel like she turned her into the character she was yeah yeah Gosh, she's Isma, and like when you talk like hear her talk in YouTube videos it's like oh yeah that's definitely Yzma but
0: like that's so funny it's crazy
1: like the younger generation like that's what we know her of you know like i know like that was my one relation to her i'm like oh yeah her and apparently she just lived like this crazy life that so yes so she was yzma emperor's new groove she wrote three autobiographies um one was called thursday's child that came out in 1956 alone with me that came out in 1976 and then i'm still here confessions of a sex kitten that came out in 1989 (laughs) And I wanted to buy one of them, but literally like on Amazon where I looked, they're like $200. So I oh don't know no. if they're like out of print. Yeah, they're
0: probably out of print.
1: But I'm like, hello, we, I, we need these books. Like I need to read these books. So if anyone yeah, finds really a cheap tough. version of one of these autobiographies, send it to me. I'll buy it. But she also did another book. That came out in 2001 called rejuvenate it's never too late um it's kind of like meant to be a almost like a self-help book i did get that one um and i read through not all of it but i read through a couple of chapters and it just really has just made me fall in love with her even more i just yeah she's just an, a wonderful wonderful woman um so yeah so she wrote four books too in 2000, she got a Tony nomination for her work in The Wild Party, and she picked up a Daytime Emmy Award for her vocal performance on the animated children's series The Emperor's New School which oh. which you know is just a continuation of the emperor's new groove and then she got an emmy award in 2007 again and pretty much she was just working until her very last years um in 2006 she was diagnosed with colon cancer um, and that disease actually ended up taking her life and she passed away on december 25th of 2008
0: oh, that's sad.
1: which is very sad but also like in 2007 the year before she died she got an Emmy award. So like she was working, you know, until the end and like doing stuff and just, I don't know, just a crazy, crazy lady. Um, as far as just like her overall achievements, she's one of a handful of performers. She was not to be nominated for a Tony award, which she was three times, a Grammy twice and an Emmy twice. So man. And also too, if she got an Academy award, that means she's been nominated for all of them. I don't, she didn't win them all, but she was nominated, which is amazing. And then I also do know that later in her life, too, that she um, performed in New York nightclub during her, during an extended stay at the Cafe Carlisle, which I think was kind of what she was later, more well known for later in her life. She sang in 10 different languages, performed in over 100 countries, and was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960, which I think is really fun. And then also, too, like, like she's just it's so crazy who she talked to because in, in one television interview that I watched, she just like ever so casually mentions like her discussions with Malcolm X and her other conversations with Martin Luther King. And then in her book I read, she talks about having lunch with Albert Einstein and like talks about the things that she discussed with Albert Einstein during her lunch. So it's just kind of like, wait a minute, like who is this woman who like accomplished this all on her own, but then also like had casual conversations with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Albert Einstein. And there was a part of her book, too, where she was like, I wanted to talk to everyone. And the worst thing that they could do if I asked them if we could talk was say no. And I was like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) like, That's one way of saying it. So, like, just a super famous woman of her time who just met with and talked with the most interesting people that I had no idea who she was. That's such a good like point of view to have i know i was like man that's what i need to start doing
0: yeah where it's like the worst thing they can say is no
1: like i'm just gonna try and talk to everyone it's like when for me like someone saying no to me kind of feels like the worst thing that could ever happen (laughs) yeah i was like need to reframe it and think of it differently and be like okay when for me i'm like oh the slide of slightly inconveniencing someone not gonna do it can't be a part of that The fact that they would even have to read my message is too much. I know, like I can't burden (laughs) them with a question that they could simply say no to. (laughs) Uh But yeah, just insane. I have a couple quotes too from here, from her, quite a few actually, but I want to read them all just because like it just summarizes who she is so well. This was from a talk show from 1989 that she was on and she said, I'm not an extrovert, Eartha explained when she went on Terry Wogan's talk show in 1989 to promote her latest memoir. She said, I can tease as Eartha Kitt, but as Eartha May, forget it. I'm hiding behind the bushes, behind the chairs, behind everything that I could possibly find to hide behind because I never have that kind of security within Eartha May, which makes me feel like she will never be accepted. Which is really sad because it sounds like, like Eartha Kitt was almost like this persona that she would put on and that like when she felt, but then like when she was herself, which was like the Eartha May, she kind of recognized that like she was, you know, maybe deeply insecure and like still had these things in her life that she need to deal with and work through of like where she was, you know, where she came from and things like that. And yeah, just, just sad. It makes me sad. I know. There's a um, there's a YouTube video on of an interviewer talking to Eartha Kit and him pretty much being like, well, don't you like if you find love, like, will you make compromises? And she just like laughs like hysterically, almost like like he, that's the most stupid thing that he would ever say and what she ends up saying in that interview is a relationship is a relationship that has to be earned not to be compromised for and i love relationships i think they're fantastically wonderful i think they're great i think there's nothing in the world more beautiful than falling in love but falling in love for the right reason falling in love for the right purpose what you fall in when you fall in love what is there to compromise about which i just feel like is just a really nice outlook to it yeah that is of just like not giving up yourself and compromising who you are, and it's it's just about falling in love and like relationships and like finding like obviously like there's healthy ways of compromising in relationships of like you know during certain things, but like I don't know, I feel like she was very much like on this journey of self acceptance and self love, you know, and if there yeah. was ever gonna be a relationship that got in the way of that, she was just not gonna allow that in her life, which is very admirable seriously yeah and she kind of says something about that too of like it's all about falling in love with yourself and sharing that love with someone who appreciates you rather than looking for love to compensate for a self-love deficit so Hmm. there's another one um and then another thing too about just her relationship she says a man has always wanted to lay me down but he never wanted to pick me up and the men that did have real love and affection for me were the ones that never touched me which wow i know sounds like i think just like her the reason why maybe she didn't get married again or you know find romantic love in life which I don't know I like the way she said it too I felt like it was just kind of eloquent Mm-hmm. she
0: sounds extremely eloquent
1: and just so wise like I yeah like I said I've been reading through her one book and I just every time I read it like I feel just really uplifted and rejuvenated and I, it's just like it's kind of like you're hearing from like the like a nice grandma figure you know of like Mm -hmm. oh this she knows and like she understands and like she just feels really just like just has that like loving energy like when you watch her speak and listen to her speak that I just I really loved um a couple other quotes from here she said I never felt that fear is my enemy fear is my friend it offers me a chance to stay alert keep growing continue creating something new if you don't take that sort of risk you just learn nothing which I love that I know which I feel like is just as you can see in her life with all that she accomplished it seems pretty obvious that that's how she lived you know um and then here's another a couple more she said I have never yearned to stay young but rather to stay me the me committed to embracing her uniqueness the me who feels no shame in championing and cherishing herself the me who accepts aging as a natural process not a disease and who says thank you thank you when I take care of myself Which Mm -hmm. I just really love. And then the one last thing that I think just summarizes everything um, about Eartha Kitt. She says, my recipe for life is not being afraid of myself um, or afraid of what I think or my opinions which I really like that idea of like not being afraid of what you think in your opinions, you know? Yeah. Because I think sometimes I can maybe be self-conscious that maybe my opinions are different than others, or maybe I get super worried about what other people will think about my life and me and my opinions. And, but that fear is just going to like, stop, you know, like that's not going to actually accomplish anything good. And that's just going to like stop me from living up to that full potential. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just, I just love that idea of like like, uh, not being afraid of yourself and not being afraid of what I think or what others think of me, you know? Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Just so many beautiful, beautiful words. Like I said, there's like a, I'm going to figure out the exact name of it. Um, Because everyone needs to go watch this like 30 minute interview. Like... Almost like I would rather you just go watch this interview rather than listening to our (laughs) podcast, but do both, do both. Um, Hey, I have enjoyed our podcast. Yes, I have too. (laughs) Okay. This is it. So it's Speaking Freely by Eartha Kitt. It's on the Freedom Forum channel, I guess. So essentially it's really, really good. It's 27 minutes long. It's worth it. Like it's super inspiring and like just the way she talks and, um, just her comments too about like politics and race but then also like just who she is and like where she came from like you, she's just she's just so wise like if, if anyone in the world that I'd be like I would trust her to tell me how to live my life I would love to have mm-hmm. a conversation with her and be like here's what I'm doing what do you think I'm doing wrong tell me what to do and I will do whatever you say <laughs>
0: like yeah and she'd be like straight up too she'd yes be like, you need to stop doing this (laughs) or like you know like you could trust her to like be really upfront and tell you the truth Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and that's like what she was known for too is being so like outspoken and like just saying it how it was and i mean it got her banned from the united states essentially for like 10 years but like i mean she came back she came back stronger than ever so yeah that's honestly kind of an accomplishment.
0: Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you get up to the point where the president literally <laughs> tries to blacklist
1: like, you. Like that's how worried <laughs> they are about you. Is that like they're like, nope, you're too good. Like you gotta get out of here. Yeah, like that's actually something
0: to maybe like wear put that as in a badge your, of honor. Yeah, put it on the headstone. Mm-hmm. Once banned, but <laughs> but I'm back. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: No, that's super cool. So yes, that is Eartha Kitt. That is what I found out about her. That book, Rejuvenate. It's not two hundred dollars on Amazon. It's normal book price. I just got the ebook version of it. But like I said, I'm only yeah. a couple chapters in. But like, just her perspective on life is so refreshing. And like, it's just I feel like when I'm in my seventies, eighties, you know, I hope that that's my perspective on life. And I think it's really cool that despite the things that happened in her life, she remained not jaded. You know, and she remained an optimist about people's goodness and about just kind of like the beauty and that you can get from life and that passion for life and living and so yeah, she's one of my heroes now. love her and yeah, I hope you guys all fell in love with her too. definitely
0: and can go and learn more about her now. Yes, one of the things that I love about the podcast is I feel like we can't obviously dive in as deep. As a lot of other things could. We're not like a two hour long documentary on someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think it's a great little overview on people. And then you can dive in deeper on your own.
1: Yes. Which is very nice. Really good. And we'll put the links for stuff in our Mm -hmm. show notes too. So if you want to go listen to anything... I would encourage it because she's a very, very inspiring human being. Yeah, like, holy cow. What a life. What a life. Like I said, like, (laughs) at first I was like, wow, okay, maybe I can talk about the person who sang Santa Baby. And then the more I dived in, I was like, I forgot about it at the end. I'm like, that's not even the most exciting thing about her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, there's so much else that she did that's insane.
0: I'm still like so much of this podcast kind of is bittersweet because i love learning about these people but it makes me want to like go get signs and like stomp around like google earth a kit because <laughs> i'm just like why are we
1: sleeping on all these people from history yeah. that are just incredible i'm with you i uh yeah and i saw like a I wasn't able, I didn't have access to read the article and I don't really know why I tried too many times, but it didn't work. But essentially it was a New York Times article where it, it talked about how like different black women from history just kind of fade to blackness and are just forgotten. And I really just thought, like, I feel like that's what happened here with her, you know? I mean, she didn't die that long ago, like 2008. No, she
0: really didn't.
1: And I think too, it's like, just like the hero story too, of like starting kind of from nothing, but then ending up creating this really beautiful life, you know, and being this really inspiring person. So. Yeah, I would. Mm. I love her. I am a huge fan. I'm like, I like have a list in my phone of like things to do in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and I've added talk a couple. One of them. Yeah. One of them now is talk to Eartha Kitt. Just have a conversation with her. Another one from a previous podcast is listen to Maria Anna Mozart's music. Mm, just Seriously. things that like if i ever get that option too i know i, love to do I that. like
0: have Augusta savage like recreate all of her work so it actually like yeah lives on exists again well thank you sadie for teaching me about the original singer of santa
1: baby yes of course and all the other and things all the other things for real <laughs> of course yeah well and thank you everyone for joining in and listening as per usual if there's anything you want us to cover any artists that we don't know about that you think we should know about definitely message us we love any feedback any ideas that you have um and we're just really grateful for everyone who's still listening and continues to listen and we're really excited for what we
0: have planned yes we are like we said if you can't tell already this is just like a huge passion of ours we really believe in what we're doing so Mm -hmm. every single person that listens and contributes is just helping us continue to keep doing it and we super appreciate it so grateful yeah yeah absolutely we're very grateful for all of you and merry christmas yes merry i don't know when this episode comes out but
1: merry christmas perfect well happy holidays everyone merry christmas whether you're able to spend time with family this year or not we hope you have a good year and Mm -hmm. listen to santa baby
0: yeah do it and not the madonna version apparently yeah because eartha kit <laughs>
1: doesn't like it and we respect eartha kit in this podcast
0: <laughs> so go listen to her version of yes it. <laughs> all right oh, bye man. everyone talk to you next time Bye. <laughs>